0: this morning, I get to continue a conversation that we started last week called The Richest Year. But before I do that, I just want to make a pretty major, major plug. Uh, Two weeks from today, February the 27th, we are going to be baptizing some folks in our service on this stage. That's just a... Hint at how excited and hype we get about that. Just another great evidence Jesus is still in the business of transforming. Lives And a couple of weeks from now, we get to celebrate that together. So I just want to say to you, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, who can say, I believe Jesus is the only one who can forgive me of my sins. And I believe Jesus has forgiven me of my sin and made me right with God. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you've never taken the step of baptism, hey, February the 27th is your Day. We would love the privilege of being able to stand with you, um, cheer for you um, as you stand for the one who stood for you. And baptism really is just, man, it is just making your relationship status with Jesus public. It's really just letting the world know Jesus has transformed me and I want y'all to know that I'm with him and he is for me. It's not an option if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. It's something Jesus has commanded. And I realize that for so many of us, ooh, it's an anxiety-inducing thought to be in front of people and water is involved. And what if this happens and I'm so embarrassed and it could be a little bit tricky. And I think that's actually part of the point. That through all of that, are you willing to stand in front of people and make the declaration that I'm with Jesus and Jesus is for me? So, if that's you or you know someone who hasn't been baptized as a follower of Jesus Christ, let us be a part of your going public party. And um, next week after the service, there'll be an information meeting. If you have questions about that, feel free to email us, reach out to us. I know this Thursday evening there may be even a a virtual conversation where you can ask whatever questions you might have. But we are looking forward to that um, together. Uh, Okay, week number two of uh, this conversation that we are calling the richest year. This is not about um, money by any Stretch. This is really better than that. We are in a conversation really talking about what we believe Jesus is calling us to focus and and to dial into as a church this year in 2022, what he's calling us to be and be about um, this year. And uh, we started this conversation last week. And uh, here's what the the bottom line is. We believe that Jesus is inviting us, or frankly, re-inviting us as a church family, as a church movement, um, to be followers of, of Jesus who embrace people where they are, encourage each other to love Jesus a little bit more, and fire each other up, figure out how to equip each other to get out there and live on mission. Embrace people where they are. Encourage each other to love Jesus just a little bit more. And want to figure out how to come alongside and, man, urge each other to live life on mission, to equip each other to live life on mission. And last week, we we started looking at that first invitation, Um, choosing the messy art of embracing people where they are. In fact, we looked at the story of Jesus at a party with a Pharisee and a prostitute. And um, man, true story, by the way. Um, Jesus disagreed with both the Pharisee And the prostitute on a lot of different things. And beyond that Jesus disapproved deeply of some of the life choices of this prostitute who sold her body to men. And this Pharisee who continued in his uh, self-righteousness to oppress people with all of these religious laws. Jesus disapproved of both. And yet here he is at a party embracing and accepting both the Pharisee and the prostitute as they were. Where they were, did not demand that they change first, did not demand that they actually stop certain behavior first, did not demand that they believe in him first, did not demand that they start going to church first. No, Jesus led with embrace, Jesus led with love, Jesus started with accepting them before they had made any adjustments, before they had made any Change and is calling us this year to love the way He loved them. Embracing people where they are as they are, accepting people where they are as they are, because that's exactly what he did for the prostitute and the Pharisee and every single person sitting in this room. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world, the broken, messed up, sinful world. He led with love before we had fixed anything, changed anything, before we even knew change was a possibility. God loved the world. He started with love, started with embrace. And he came after us in the person of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still broken, sinful, rebellious people, Christ died for us. There is no question in the gospel that God in Jesus led with love. He started with embrace before we had done anything to earn or accept his love. As if we could ever earn it in the first place. And now as a church, he is calling us back. Be the extension of my love in your world. And there are going to be people who do things you deeply disagree with and disapprove of. And there are going to be things that even maybe perhaps make you a little bit sick to your stomach. But I want you to be a movement that chooses to lead with love, to start with acceptance. Begin with embrace. A movement of people who say, I will treat you like you have equal value and like your dreams and your disappointments matter as much as mine and that your joy is worth cheering for and championing and we want to be a movement of people who say yes to that it's not easy it is messy to start there and yet we want to say yes he's calling us to start with embrace but here's the thing he's not calling us to stop there man And I knew it last week when we had this conversation, and then we just stopped and said, hey, God bless, see you later. I knew a lot of people would be restless with that, and I was fine with it. I enjoyed the week uh, quite a lot, knowing that some of you are wrestling with, but what about this, and what about that, and what about the other, and what about... This is a starting place, to start with embrace, but that's not where it ends. We believe he's calling us as a church to encourage each other to love Jesus more. And uh, I think of the three things we sense he's calling us to rally around this year, this is the, the most challenging of them. And, and you see why in a moment. But yeah, we embrace people where they are, but we also encourage each other to know and love Jesus more just like Jesus taught in fact we want to see Jesus communicate the heart of this very uh, idea in uh, another dinner party story of Jesus's in John I mean Luke chapter 10 if you have a copy of the Bible you can meet me there Luke chapter 10 uh, verses are going to appear on the screen Um, If you don't own a physical copy of the Bible, please make us the happiest staff in the world by asking for one. I was at the office the other day, and uh, one of you was coming through to grab a Bible for somebody else who needed it. I think tears came out of my left eye. It's just something we love to do, to get the Word of God physically in your hands. So. If you need a copy, please, please, please um, let us know that. Luke chapter 10, we're going to start reading at verse 38. If you've been around the church, this may be a story you've heard before. If you haven't been around the church much, man, congratulations to you. I cannot tell you how much I envy people who hear Bible stories for the first time with fresh ears and open hearts and and all of those things. Um, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. All right, here's what it says. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he, Jesus, came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Um, okay, so Jesus is in transit with his closest friends. And they're, they're traveling, walking from one town to another. And the insinuation uh, in in Luke's gospel is that Jesus made a slight change to the Uh, itinerary. He decided to make a pit stop in a town called Bethany to spend some quality time with some of his friends. Uh, A woman named Martha, who apparently owned the home, likely a widow in that day and age. And uh, she had a brother who's not named in this story, Um, but he's an individual by the name of Lazarus. You might recognize him from other Jesus episodes, such as, oh my Lord, Jesus raised me from the dead. That's the same guy that Jesus would later raise back to life from the dead and then they had a sister named Mary who we're going to meet here in a little bit but we learn from the gospel of John that this trio of siblings was a trio that Jesus loved deeply so it should not surprise us that while Jesus was in the region he decided I'm going to make a pit stop to spend some time with my friends dinner party slash perhaps who knows slumber party i don't know what the plans were in their entirety but it says in verse 39 she this is martha had a sister which we already knew luke thank you uh called mary mary sat at the lord's feet listening to what he said but martha Ooh, she was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And so she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? If we had time, we'd talk about all of our different measurements, how we determine whether or not Jesus cares, our different litmus tests for care. Don't you care that my sister, Mary, has left me to do the work by myself? Don't worry about answering that. Just tell her. To help me. The Bible is so great. Um, This is how we get introduced to Martha. She's running around the house frantic and frenzied with a mile long to-do list. Um, Things that have to get done if Jesus is going to have a meal to remember and the slumber party of a lifetime. So she is running around like crazy and my imagination again in this story is that you know martha is in the kitchen and she's covered in flour or what would jesus do apron is just all flour dusty right um as she figures things out and, and you know checks things off the list and then sooner than later she notices that the theme is developing again She looks around and there it is again. She is the only person carrying the weight. She's the only person getting anything done. She's the only person working. Everybody else is out there doing nothing but sitting and hanging out with Jesus. I imagine she starts to get worked up. She starts to get... Fired up. I imagine the shoots and the dang it and, and all the Christian swear words, they start to, to, to come out and uh, she starts to sigh real loud so people can hear oh, banging pots unnecessarily. Just if you can make a little extra noise, people may catch the hint. And when no one does, girlfriend loses it. She's like, mm mm. So she breaks into the living room and just interrupts Jesus' little teaching sesh. Excuse me, Savior, I'm gonna let you finish in a minute, right? Um hmm i see right everybody listening to jesus listening to jesus while i'm over here laboring for jesus this is my house somebody better get up and help me especially this little mooch and mary over here always using my wi-fi but never doing anything to help sure she's fired up but thankfully Thankfully, if not me, there is someone in the house that she might actually listen to. So, Jesus, if you don't mind, go ahead and tell it because after all, aren't you the one who commands us to work hard? Aren't you the one who commands us to be hospitable? I know you do. So please go ahead and send a little reinforcement in three, two, one. Go, Jesus. You're on. Um Jesus doesn't always roll like we would expect, and it's no different here. His response is not what Martha was hoping for, like, at all. Um, Well, let me ask this first of all, I guess. Um, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but... you can relate to Martha and you're kind of like he kind of has a point though (laughs) yes right listen the truth of the matter is in practice I relate to Mary no doubt but in principle I agree with Martha um I know my wife certainly does beyond a shadow of a doubt um this kind of makes sense if you ask me Because Mary is doing nothing productive, just hanging out, listening to Jesus. Martha is doing all the heavy lifting. Um, Working hard to make her place a home where Jesus will have the most enjoyable experience. Because again, hospitality awards don't win themselves. So you'd expect Jesus to to side with Martha and tell Mary, you little lazy bitch nothing doer or you know don't use me as an excuse you better get up and help your sister or i shall smite thee with split ends or whatever right um anyway jesus doesn't say that verse 41 martha 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 the Lord answered. The repetition of her name, by the way, signals deep affection, almost as though he's tenderly grabbing her face with his words to make sure that she has his full attention. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. Yeah, I'm upset about the many things on my to-do list that need to get done, and no one's helping me, especially her, right? Siblings. Martha. Martha. And this is what Jesus says to her. You are letting too many things define you. Martha. Martha. You are giving too many things the ability to define and determine your sense of worth. Martha, you are giving too many things the power to derail your joy. Martha, Martha. You are giving too many things the power to disappoint you. You are giving too many things the the ability to color your mood ring, girl. Martha, Martha, you're letting too many things decide how you feel about yourself, how successful you feel as a person. Martha, Martha. You are letting too many things measure how meaningful your life is. You are letting too many things determine how fulfilled the experience of your life is. Martha, Martha. By the way, I can imagine what Martha's initial response to this would have been. What? You've got to be kidding me. That's what you're going to say? Like, that's what you're, because things need to get done. What are you, Jesus? Like an Enneagram 7 or something. Things have to get done. Dinner actually needs to get made if we're going to eat. The project deadlines actually have to get met. The children actually do have to get picked up from school. It's a thing. The homework needs to get turned in. The college applications, they need to be submitted. Jesus, things actually do have to get Done. I'll live fully when my list gets finished. I can imagine Martha like, plus, I'm doing these things for you, Jesus. This meal is for you. I'm keeping these children alive for you. See, I'm serving in the church For you, all of these things on my list are actually ultimately for you, Martha, Martha. Then Jesus tells her what we so desperately need to hear over and over again, what I wanted us to see in this story. Yes, you are doing so much, and I don't miss anything of your hard work. Yes, what you're doing is important. And yes, your list matters to me. And yes, of course, I do care. Verse 42. But few things are needed. Sorry to use this word. Few things are essential. Few things are needed. Actually, Only one. Only one thing should have the power to define. Only one thing should have the power to determine. Only one thing should ultimately determine whether or not your life has a sense of significance and fulfillment. Martha, only one. And he says, Mary, your sister, has chosen that thing. She's chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Martha, Martha, of course the things on your list matter, and of course they're important. I'm just telling you, those things don't actually have the power to determine whether your soul smiles from cheek to cheek. No, those things don't actually get to determine whether or not your heart has permission to experience joy. That mountain of things doesn't actually have to get done for you to have a deep and lasting sense of significance. Your significance is not tied to that list. Martha, it's tied to something. Better. Come on. You don't need the house to be perfect for your heart to enjoy. A day. You don't need to reach that promotion that you've been striving for for years and years and years and years. You don't need to check VP off the list for you to have a sense of my life matters and is deeply fulfilling and significant. You don't. You don't need your marital status to change. Martha, Martha, you don't need to live with this constant sense of maybe one day when I've checked married off the list, then I can feel a little bit different, then I'll experience a little bit of significance. Martha, Martha, no, you don't need those things in order to live fully. This is powerful. In order to experience life most meaningfully, you only need one thing. And your sister Mary has chosen it. And this is where this conversation for us as a church gets really difficult, especially in a country like the one in which we live. Jesus is saying to Martha, there's only one thing that ultimately determines whether your life is fulfilled and has a deep sense of meaning and joy. And it is just being with me. It's what your sister has done. Just sitting in my presence, lingering at my feet, drinking in my words. Getting to know and love me just a little more. Martha, the only thing your soul truly needs to live fully alive is knowing and being with me in my presence and I'm just saying church if we miss that or if we place anything above that we will miss fulfillment no matter how many things we check off our lists and I love what Jesus says this is the only thing that cannot be taken away because if you get your sense of identity from a list or something that's yet to be accomplished in the future or something that you still haven't quite done. I assure you, you are going to live life frustrated and covered in flour and sighing and banging pots Because as soon as you think one thing is done, it's going to just open up to another thing on your list. And then your list starts again the next day. And you are constantly in this perpetual chase of joy that's never ever really caught up with. And then when you catch up with that thing, you have to protect it now. Because if somebody takes that thing away from me or my marital status changes, then I don't even know who I am. Because my significance has been tied to something vulnerable that can change. If we miss this will constantly be frustrated with everybody whose fault it is because they're not helping us get to that thing that will ultimately give me the sense of significance and relevance and fulfillment. And Jesus says, Martha, your sister chose something that cannot be taken from her. She can be in my presence and she can enjoy knowing me in a pandemic. And she can enjoy knowing me when things are crazy and anxiety is high. She can enjoy knowing me in a season of brokenness, in a season of brokenness. She's chosen what cannot be taken away from her just knowing me and loving me and enjoying me. This is the one thing that your soul ultimately needs. Martha's sister, Mary. Got that. Mary somehow understood this. Like, you know, like Mary. <laughs> like Mary. I know you've slept since last week, but like Mary, though, she got it. You know. Mary. Mary, widely believed to be the same woman who broke into a Pharisee's dinner party one time and wept at Jesus' feet. Mary, the same ex-prostitute who inappropriately let down her hair and wiped the feet of Jesus in that public venue. Mary, the same woman who poured out her perfume on Jesus in a sign and a gesture of gratitude. That same Mary, here she is back at his feet. We want to meet people and embrace them where we are, where they are. But that's not all. Because that's not all Jesus did. Somehow, the same woman who he embraced where she was is now loving Jesus, enjoying Jesus, reveling in who he is at a different dinner party. She's still causing a little bit of a ruckus, this time with her sister. This is the one thing. I love this. She's finding life and significance and meaning and fulfillment and joy in the presence and the person of Jesus' church. That is what it's all about. Wait a minute, Kondo. I thought it was all about salvation. Mm john chapter 17 verse 3 now this is salvation this is eternal life that they would know you the one true god and they would know and love and revel in and enjoy jesus whom you have sent wait a minute condo i thought this whole thing was about heaven um heaven has is just a place where we all get to linger and revel in the presence and enjoy the person of jesus christ forever and ever and ever wait a minute i thought y'all a mission point isn't it about the mission uh, let me tell you the mission is really just a quest to invite people everywhere to find life in the person and the presence of Jesus. It is all about knowing and loving the person of Jesus Christ. That's the one thing. That's what the whole thing is all about. Mary understood it and we cannot afford to miss it. Oh, we're going to embrace you where you are. Whoever you are, no matter what you carry, you are welcome here at Mission Point. Always. But let me just warn you, the moment you walk through those doors, you're going to hear us talk about Jesus. You're going to hear us talk about life is found no other place than in the person of Jesus. You're going to hear us singing to the person of Jesus, my king forever, high king of heaven. Because it's ultimately about him. It's ultimately about life found, experienced, and enjoyed in Him. Here's the thing, though. We are all naturally Martha's, constantly chasing lists and making lesser things greater. We are, we are constantly making other things more. Significant. That's why to even have a conversation in a church setting about Jesus, this is the one thing for us, is such a distant thought most of the time. Because we are constantly running. Our list has so many things that need to get done, need to get accomplished, and we even justify many of them by saying, Well, really, it's about you, Jesus. I'm really doing this for you. Man, if we had time to talk about this, we would. Um, I can imagine Jesus telling Martha. Um just so you know. I went out of my way, took a detour to come to this house. And while I appreciate your hospitality, I came to hang out with you. I came so that we would spend time with each other. And Martha as great as you are at meal preparation, you need to know, I didn't come here because I was hungry. I didn't come here because I needed something from you. Um, you may have forgotten, but um, I'm the bread maker. I make bread rain from heaven. I am, matter of fact, the bread of life. Ask these suckers over here, one time I was a kid with like two fishes and some, some loaves, and ask them what I did. I can make food for myself anytime. I know you think, oh, we got to tell people about Jesus, and we've got to help people get saved. You know that I can save people anytime I want. That's not what is ultimately at play here. I went out of my way, detour all the way from heaven to come to earth to redeem and rescue you. Why? So that you would get to know me, and your sister has chosen the right thing sometimes we'll make these long lists and we'll justify them by saying like no if i can get more money then i'll give more money to the church and so that's why i'm so busy missing the main thing no we are so naturally martha's making lists making things more important than the person and the presence of jesus Missing life and fulfillment, living frazzled and frustrated, running around, never fully having a sense of joy because that's found in the person and the presence of Jesus. We are naturally Martha's and um, Jesus knew we would miss this one thing and veer from it. And so he did something to ensure that we would have the opportunity to keep coming back to this one thing. And this is where this conversation gets a little bit tricky. You know one of the things he did? I'll tell you. He gave us each other. Right? I mean, you would think like, oh, angels... Maybe you're going to say the Holy Spirit. Yeah, those, but he, he gave us each other to make sure that we don't miss him. Meaning, if I'm going to live in light of the one thing that matters more than anything else, I need you. If you're going to live a life of finding fulfillment lingering at the feet of Jesus in his presence, you need me. If we're going to latch onto the main thing in 2022, we are going to need each other's voices. Um, Here's how the author to the Hebrews says it. We'll talk about this for a little bit. And in fact, Emily's going to come out here in a little bit, share some practical things with you about what this might look like for us. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. It says, and let us consider... How we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Towards loving Jesus and living for him. Not giving up meeting together as is so easy to do. As some are in the habit of doing. He says, but encouraging one another. And all the more as we see the day approaching. A powerful picture of how Jesus has designed the church to work. If we are going to love him. And if we are going to live for him. And we believe this is what he's calling us back to. A movement of people who are in love with Jesus and a loving Jesus. Which means it's a movement of people who are coming back to engage in community. Who are saying, I need your voice and you need mine. I need your encouragement and you need mine. A couple of words in this Passage stand out the first word he says, Let us consider um, consider just means to get to know beyond the surface, to get to know beyond the surface, to get to know who someone really is beyond the persona, beyond the veil, beyond you know how we present on a Sunday morning when we pass each other in the hallways, to get to know oh, someone 's story, to get to know what makes them to get to know what burdens and heavinesses they may be carrying this is a word that means to take the time to get to know someone and he says so we may spur one another on Uh, to spur just means to meaningfully motivate someone towards action to meaningfully motivate Uh, and you can start to see what he's saying right if I'm going to know how to meaningfully motivate you to do what matters the most, it helps if I'm getting to know you beyond the surface. And the more I get to know you, the more I get to know what makes you tick, and the more I'm able to motivate you towards something that matters immensely. And then he says not giving up meeting together. This word meeting is an interesting one. He's talking about contexts where I can get to know you And gets to motivate you. It's really interesting. Growing up I read this passage. And I heard so many people preach about. Yeah so this means you should go to church. On a Sunday morning. In certain contexts it may mean that. But not here at Mission Point. Um. The meeting he's talking about is a place where I can get to know you and a place where I can get to motivate you. That's really hard to do on a Sunday morning when we're passing each other in the hallway and all of our backs are facing one direction. No, he's talking about a different context. He's talking about a context where there is a little more room and space to engage and get to know. And he's saying whatever you do. Whatever you do, do not stop meeting in context like that. Do not stop getting in contexts where you get close and personal with people beyond the veil so that you can know each other and motivate each other. If you are going to keep coming back to the feet of Jesus like Mary, you are going to need people in your life reminding you, Martha, Martha, remember what it's ultimately about. And if that's going to be true, there has to be closeness and proximity. In fact, he uses the word encouraging one another. And that's what the word encourage means. Encourage means to come alongside and call someone to better. It's such a powerful word. You cannot encourage someone from a distance. Not in the way the Bible ultimately describes it. No, it it means I'm getting to know you and there is some level of proximity, me coming alongside you so that I can call you to what's better. This is a powerful picture. And I believe that's what Jesus is saying to his church. Listen, if y'all are going to experience the life and fulfillment that's found in my presence, you are going to need each other. You are going to need to come alongside each other in context where you can continue to know each other and you can continue to speak meaningfully to each other and remind each other that the things on your list are great, but they don't matter as much as the main thing. Places where you can ask each other, how is your lingering in the presence of Jesus? How are you doing enjoying the most important thing and can i just tell you by the way where a movement falls at the feet of jesus they launch into the world and they want everybody else to know there is life found in the person of jesus and if that's going to be us we're going to need each other y'all i realize what the past few years have been like where it's become way too okay to kind of stand at a distance Right, And I'm not even talking about physical proximity. Some of you are like, whoa, so how many feet? That's not the point. The point is that there's a relational context where you get to know me and I get to know you. You get to remind me, condom, I appreciate all of the things I hear you talking about week after week after week. This is the sixth week, and I've heard you talk about all of these things. And listen, I love you as you are where you are. But I'm just wondering. How's your lingering in the presence of Jesus? Because that's really what this whole thing is about. Ooh, I can't wait to be a movement of people. Well, that's a question we just ask each other on a regular basis. Because think about it. Right now we brag about this. If I ask you how you're doing or you ask me how I'm doing, you know the first thing I'm going to say? I'm busy. Matter of fact, let me tell you the list of things that I need to do. Ooh, you too. Let me show you my list, you know. And we just Martha in the kitchen while Jesus sits in the living room just talking to himself. We should be the ones saying, let's get in the living room. Come on. Hey, great. Can we put the list down for a minute? And if that's going to be true, we're going to, we can't do that from a distance. We're going to need to come close. And I think Jesus is inviting us to re-engage in group life. He's asking us to re-engage in, in connecting meaningfully. He's inviting us to be our people hanging out at the feet of Jesus because of your voice in their lives. Because you've come alongside and you've gotten to know and you've figured out the most meaningful ways to encourage them. This matters, by the way. Because if I'm in my car driving away and you honk the horn and say, hey, go hang out with Jesus, I'll be like, thanks. That was not very meaningful. But if somebody who knows me well, learns what motivates, comes alongside, it's a very, very different thing. We know Jesus is calling us to this. We want this church to be filled with people who say, I'll love you if you never love Jesus. But I kind of love you like Jesus loves you and loves me and not want you to find the joy that's found in loving him and in his presence. I'll meet you where you are. But then I want to encourage you. Let's let's go to life together. Let's go towards life together. Um, You're going to hear us tell you things um, over this next year or so. You're going to hear us encourage you. Hey, be in church at least twice a month. Or at least aim for that. But ultimately, we know that's not what this is talking about. It's talking about get engaged in group life, in group contexts. And for some of you, like I'm going to do that virtually. In fact, I don't really care. Ideally, we come alongside each other. If it's virtual, there's going to be opportunities for that. In fact, Emily's going to tell you some of the different ways that that is a reality. But we want to see each person engage some kind of a group thing at least once, whether it's a one-time men's event or one-time women's event, Um, whether it's a a class that is taught that goes a number of weeks, whether it's a Bible study that lasts for a little bit, Um, whether it's student ministry, because you're a student, or whether it's children's ministry, because you're a kid. We want to encourage us to all engage in at least one way this year as we start to take steps towards saying yes to Jesus in In this regard.